Well, I think if you're a CEO and you have an, I told you I'm a solopreneur, but if you have an organization behind you, a lot of CEO has to do with being a good leader. You know, you can't do everything yourself. You don't want to do everything yourself. And usually if you do it yourself, you make mistakes. So it's really important that as the, the, the effective CEOs I found are very good leaders and they empower the people who are below them to do the things that they need them to do to get the job done. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Mitch Beinhacker of Beinhacker Law. Mitch, it's awesome having you on the show. Thanks, Gresham. I appreciate you bringing me on today. Definitely. Super excited to have you on. And before we jumped in, I want to read a little bit more about Mitch so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Mitch is a business lawyer and a state's attorney who runs a solo legal and consulting practice representing business owners, entrepreneurs, executives, and professionals. Through his 29 years of experience, Mitch has handled business development, marketing, firm management, along with business transactional work for clients of the firm. He has extensive experience with corporate governance, commercial transactions, real estate, and risk analysis. Using his years of practical experience, he drafts contracts, negotiates purchases, and can manage outside counsel for any corporate situation. And for business owners and executives, he creates and implements estate plans along with succession plans to help companies continue for future generations. And he's also a podcaster as well too. Mitch, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Let's do it. Awesome. Let's do it then. So to kind of kick everything off, I want to rewind the clock a little bit here, a little bit more on how you got started. Could you take us through your CEO story? We'll let you get started with all the awesome work you're doing. Uh, yeah, sure. I, you know, I was always a business major in college, economics, finance, things like that. And I was always an entrepreneur, you know, growing up, even in high school and middle school, I would run little businesses all the time. And I, I had a, uh, in high school, I had a detailing business. It was the days when detailing was just like a new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, I think I had an uncle or cousin or somebody said, Hey, you know, I, I can't get my car washed. Can you come to my office and wash the car? So we went there. I brought a buddy of mine. We detailed the car. Next thing you know, I got all these people in the parking lot, like lining up to get their cars detailed. <laughs> nice. Because I discovered that all these executives, they don't have time to like go to the car wash. You know, the car should be closed when they were done with work and things like that. So we started this business. We got a distributor of, of the products that we needed. We started learning about how to do this thing. And we built up the business. I sold it at the end of college. And then, I mean, at the end of uh, high school, then in college, I was always doing something. I had a DJ company. Uh, for the fraternity house I was in and a bunch of other businesses going on. I actually had a business. So, you know, Lyft, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Lyft was create, I went to Cornell university and mm-hmm. 85 to 89, the guys who started Lyft are for Cornell grads. This is oh, after really? I was there. Right. Oh, I didn't know so, that. yeah. So when I was there, we did, we realized that, you know, nobody has a way to get home. Like they're always posting things on the bulletin board, bulletin boards in those days had like push pins and they were, yes. you know, with cork, <laughs> like I have one on my wall here. So, <laughs> We, we had this great idea. We created this thing. It was called um, Chris, the computerized ride information service, right? Nice. And But we there wasn't any internet. I mean, the internet was going to come around a couple of years from that. So we had the phone number set up. People would call and they would, you know, or say, I need a ride. And they would like, it was like electronic uh, board because yeah. we didn't have any of that stuff. So 
We were up and running about six months later. University, here's what we're doing. They come, they say, you can't run a business out of the dorm room. And they shut us down. <laughs> oh, no. And then 10 years later, whatever, this guy invents Lyft. And see, I thought of the idea. I just wanted credit for that. So there we're on. You go. Since hey, you have the credit this. here. You have the credit here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've always been an entrepreneur. And then I, I was graduating and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go the MBA route, really. Maybe I should have. I don't know. But I decided, you know, I wasn't analytical enough. I thought I wasn't the best reader. Uh, maybe I'm even a little dyslexic, never been diagnosed, but I have a feeling I am. And I decided to go to law school. So I applied to a bunch of law schools. Um, I took one that was basically offering me the most money because uh, my dad was like, basically, look, I got to take care of your sister. So good luck. Uh, kind of <laughs> just joking around. But um, so that's what I did. So I went to school in the city and, uh, you know, took all the business and tax courses I could as a lawyer. And then I can estate planning too. So I do, I did a lot of estate planning coming out of law school. My father uh, was in the life insurance business for a very long time. He's still in the business. I grew up around that stuff. So I used to do a lot of like business and estate planning, got interested in it. And, you know, business law and writing agreements and contracts and negotiating deals was always something that was of interest to me. So my, my practice kind of progressed over the years. I've had different partners, partnerships. Now I'm on my own and keeping a very virtual slimlined, uh, practice, which probably 10 or 15 years ago would be difficult to do. But nowadays with the cloud and everything that's going on, kind of, kind of where I've, I've landed. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, it's definitely the time for that. And it's always great to hear somebody who has the, the entrepreneurial DNA, it sounds like, and you have it in your yeah. veins and you've had it in your veins. And of course, always great to know the true founder of Lyft and all the awesome <laughs> ideas that you, you gave to them at the yeah. same university. They'll seed you planning. to send some sort of a bad letter from them. Like exactly. <laughs> just joking, everybody. Right. Just joking. So no, I, I wanted to hear a little bit more on, you know, what you end up, you know, turning your business into and how you're serving clients. Can you take us through a little bit more of that and how you work with your clients? Yeah, I mean, I my preferable way to work with clients, of course, you know, you, you tell somebody they need help, they call me, they need help with business, I'll help them. But generally, when it comes to marketing and the business I like to develop, I like the monthly ongoing relationship. So I have clients who pay a flat fee on a monthly basis. And for that, they get a certain amount of my advice. They get they can send me emails all, all the time if they want to have questions answered. And they then get discounts for additional work, like their contract work may be at a 25% discount. Their estate planning, which is usually wrapped into their business world anyway, is at a 50% discount. They get an online vault where I keep all their stuff in a secured vault. They have some, there's some emergency healthcare features to that. So this way I have a client that doesn't lose everything because I always do, no offense to my clients, but everybody I meet, they can't find half the stuff. Like we, we just signed this like a week and a half ago. I know I can't, I, I don't know where it is. I can't find, well, is it in your safe? I don't have a safe. Is it in the bank? I don't have a safe deposit box. Okay. So it's gotta be somewhere. This happens all the time. I'm not singling anybody out. It happens all the time. So I keep them online and organized. I do a lot of you know ad hoc work. You have a business partner. You need your business agreement redone. You want to form a company. You need your will done. I still do a lot of that stuff, but I prefer to market and work with clients on an advisory basis where they have me on retainer, where I make sure that they write a business plan. Biggest pet peeve I have, even for lawyers, nobody's writing business plans, right? And it doesn't have to be something out of you know an Ivy League school with graphs and charts and all kinds of crazy stuff. But you got to have a roadmap to run on. We, we don't remember things. You can't just rely on your mind to just figure it out because it's chaos. Every day you walk into your business, you have the same thing as I do, Gresham, right? Mm -hmm. There's 10 things you want to do. You only get five of them done because 20 other things happen during the day that you have to deal with. And you and I aren't running companies with 50 employees, 100 employees. Other people are really busy. So they get in, they get nothing done. So they have to have a strategic framework, you know, a marketing plan. Maybe their business plan becomes multiple types of plans because the marketing and business development is probably the most important part in the early days, then finance behind that, got to know your numbers. Um, so that's how I prefer to work. And that's really where the podcast came from because I get a lot of clients that come to me 
they get started six, eight months later, they're like, uh, I think I got to shut down. Why? Well, you know, we were an ice cream store and we didn't realize we'd open in the wintertime. It took longer to open and we'd have the right amount of capital. And they don't have a business plan written. Uh, and they, you know, they just didn't plan for these things that you and I both know were going to happen. So that's the way I like to run my practice. And I like to get the word out by getting people to do things intentionally, not by accident. My podcast is called The Accidental Entrepreneur because everybody's doing, you know, they can't give you a reason why they did something. Well, I don't know. We just had to deal with it and we figured it out. Now, there's plenty, there's some people that were successful that way. And there's some people not so, there's more people that were not so successful, just kind of winging it and figuring it out. So, yeah, so that's, uh, that, that's, that's my, that's the way I work. And that's the way I work with clients and the way I've kind of built up my practice and I can work from anywhere, you know, pretty much. Well, let me ask you. So I I was going to ask you for what I call uh, your secret sauce, uh, which could be for yourself or your business or your podcast or a combination of both. Um, But the idea is it's what you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique. Do you think it's that ability to I don't know how to say, it, but maybe see the forest for the trees, be able to see like these are the mistakes maybe that people make when they're starting the business and be able to kind of communicate that. Do you feel like that is maybe part of your secret sauce? Well, I mean, it certainly gives me an advantage, right? If I, I've right. got a, I get, we're up to 115 people on the podcast. They're not all business owners. Some of them are influencers and authors or whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've, I have the advantage of having spoken to them yeah. and hear all their stories. Um, but I, I think, you know, my secret sauce, look, I deal with everything just like you do, where it's hard to see the forest through the trees and you lose that and you got to go back to it. And that's mm-hmm. why I work my business plan all the time and rewriting things. And I constantly read stuff hearing what other people are doing all the time, both for my marketing purposes. But as a lawyer, my, I, I feel, because I'm a small practitioner now, I feel that I should spend, I spend 80% of my time marketing, business development, and connecting with people, and 20% of my time doing the work. And people say, well, how do you do that? Well, because I know that if it's 50-50, the business is going to go down, and, and it's going to be a roller coaster ride. So I would rather, you know, spend 80% of my time business development and, and, and then slowly offload things to virtual assistants and things like that. So my business will keep developing and then I squeeze in the work because I can always hire somebody to do the work. And I think a lot of uh, professionals, not just attorneys, but a lot of professionals, they fall on the laurels of, oh, I'm busy. I'm finally busy. Oh, I, I want to do my work. They don't want to deal with the stuff they don't want to deal with, like developing business and talking to people and stuff like that. And then the work stops and they're in trouble. So that's the formula that I kind of try to use because over the years I've been on the roller coaster, like all the lawyers, you know. Um, so I want to always be on the development train and squeeze in the work. I get so busy that I offload, and I still do. I offload some of the work to other people, but it's you know that's got to always be going up or, or or you just too too stressful a way to live back up and down and up and down. You know you got to build up your base. So that's probably the formula that I use. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? Definitely integrated technologies when it comes to running my business. I mean, I try, and one of the things that I do is I try to control my schedule during the week, both for, you know, for productivity and for my own peace of mind. So I use, my calendar is completely online, not not for somebody to see, but all of my you know appointments are made online. So if you introduce me to somebody, hey, this is John, I think you need some help. I connect with John through the email. We haven't even spoken yet. I send him a link and that link is tied to certain days and certain blocks of time, depending on what it is. If it's an initial consultation or a pre-podcast chat mm-hmm. or podcasting, for example, you can only with that link schedule podcasts with me on Fridays. That's, that's my podcasting day. 
Well, awesome. Well, so I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. And you might've already touched on this, but this is kind of a word of wisdom or piece of advice. Uh, it might be something you would tell a client or somebody on the podcast, or it might be something if you hopped into a time machine, you would tell your younger business self. Um, I told you I'm a big reader. Uh, if the books are audible, I listen to them more than I read it probably because I'm always reading contracts and things. It just yeah. makes me crazy, but I probably have something on my Kindle, a book on my desk and an audible book. I'm in the middle of all three. Um, but I'll give you some of my favorite books that are for business owners and CEOs and running your business, small business owners. I love the book referral of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's a Ken Blanchard series book co-authored with a guy named Tim Templeton. I think it's mm -hmm. all about keeping in touch with your clients and building a keep in touch program, because I find that if you don't keep in touch with me and you tell me you do X, Y, and Z, I can't remember when right. the, the, whatever it is comes up and the guys that keep in touch with me, I, I stay in touch with, and I think of them when I need their services. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the Go-Giver series, very good book series. Bob Berg was on my podcast. Uh, that's a good one. And very much so, I'm a big fan of Mike Michalowicz. I like his books, Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, The Pumpkin Plan. And I think every business owner should run their business on profit first. It's just a great, I don't get paid for that. I'm not a profit per first professional or anything, but I run my practice that way. And um, I, you know, I find that that's the trouble that business owners get into. They get in trouble with taxes. And like you said before, they get in trouble with not working on their business, the e-myths, that they can't step away from what they're doing. They're not making any money. It's just a, it's a lifestyle business. And I think during pandemic, a lot of people realize that. Like mm -hmm. cash flow hides a lot of things, you know? Mm -hmm. And oops, no cash flow. And then the smoke clears. You're like, oh my God, we're making no money running this business. Right. They got to think twice about it. So those are, those are things that I like. Those are the, the, the valuable things I've found over the years from other people that have recommended them to me. Yeah, no, I definitely appreciate all those nuggets. Yeah, and I think it's so important, you know, to continue to kind of sharpen the saw and, and stay aware of, you know, the insight that other people have. And I think, you know, podcasts, obviously books, as you said, and, and Kindle books is a great way to kind of learn the expertise of so many other people. So um, absolutely appreciate that that nugget. And, and so now I want to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on this show. So Mitch, what does being a CEO mean to you? Well, I think if you're a CEO and you have an, I told you I'm a solopreneur, but if you have an organization behind you, a lot of CEO has to do with being a good leader. You know, you can't do everything yourself. You don't want to do everything yourself. And usually if you do it yourself, you make mistakes. So it's really important that as the, the, the effective CEOs I found are very good leaders and they empower the people who are below them to do the things that they need them to do to get the job done. The ones that are not effective are more like, dictators you know they dict not not like dictators like of a foreign country but yeah. you know they dictate things there's a difference between you know um kind of um, micromanagement yeah kind of where they say you're going to do this and you're going to do that and i don't like this you do this way they're not open to ideas about other people and i think the effective ones you know that doesn't mean you say yes to everything right. but the effective ones empower and mold and shape and grow the organization in a, in a particular direction but is still in touch with the different initially let's say small group of people which grow into departments which need to still communicate with each other and, and to make the organization effective. And that's the, that's, that's what I think a, a good CEO is. They're, they're a leader and they're not a, you know, they're not uh, a dictator in terms of just telling people what to do. Well, my, Mitch, I truly uh, appreciate you for, for taking some time out. And what I wanted to do is just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get hold of you and find out about all the awesome things that you're working on. And of course, listen to the podcast. Yeah, definitely follow the podcast. We have episodes coming out on Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, it's always different. There's authors, social media influencers, business owners, um, local people, people around the world. Um, and uh, if they want to connect with me, I'm on you know LinkedIn, Facebook, 
there's a Facebook page also for the for the law practice and for the podcast as well as on LinkedIn. Um, I guess you can follow me on Instagram too. I don't do much on there, but we do post the podcast there. And my website is Bindhacker Law. Uh, reworking it now, but you can always get, there are some um, do-it-yourself, I'll call it, uh, documents and stuff. Now, this is in New Jersey. I want to preface that. I had somebody from another state once, like, I don't know, their cousin was in New Jersey and they're they're like, oh, well, can't it be in New Jersey? My cousin's going to be the executor. I go, no, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. You have to be in New Jersey. Oh, okay. So it's got to be New Jersey for the most part. I don't do a lot of things outside of New Jersey. But if anybody's ever looking to connect, I'm an easy guy to find. Just there's no other Mitch Bein, there's other Bein hackers. I don't think there's any other Mitch Bein hackers that are out there. And if they're Bein hackers, they're somehow related to me, even if it's spelled differently. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, they're in the tree somewhere. There you go. That's for another, there's for another podcast for sure. <laughs> so we will have the links and information in the show notes to make it okay, even great. easier for you to get hold of Mitch um, and listen to the podcast, but definitely appreciate you and your time. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I am CEO podcast powered by CB nation and blue 16 media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I am CEO is not just a phrase. It's a community. Get your driven CEO gear at ceogear.co. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.